What's up, guys? This is Darrell Smith. This is the Gun Dog Notebook, episode seven. This is gonna be a good one. I promise you, this is gonna be a good one. Did you hear that intro? That was for my beautiful wife, and that was just a rough sketch. So don't think it's finished. She told me, you know, to, you know, just let it ride, let that simmer a little bit. But she put that together for me, and I really, really appreciate it. Um, and it's 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 giving me the feels, man. It's giving me the feels. It's giving me where I want to be at with this podcast. The quality is going up, uh, thanks to the motivation and inspiration from you guys out there listening, from my wife, support from her, um, and from everybody just else around. Uh, this podcast today was really, 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 really good, and I really, honestly hope. And at the end, I'm going to be honest with you, I hope at the end of it that the phone conversation that I got with um, with uh, Tillis Calhoun, I hope that that comes in clear. I, I hope it does. If not, I, I'm going to get him back on the podcast. But uh, before I even go down that way, the podcast today, episode seven, is with Antonio Duckman Jones. He is a world-class duck caller. He is the owner and founder of Brody Bend Duck Calls out in Arkansas. Uh, I mean, man, when I tell you, I always tell him when I, when I hear him calling, when I when I hear his duck call sounding off, you might as well have a duck sitting right next to you. I saw I I had my first experience with it because Eric, my buddy, had one uh, one of the Perlin hen calls on the Kansas trip and that thing sounded amazing. So I, I had to figure out who made the call. Come to find out is Antonio, black dude. Always like to have that. And then Tillis, black dude, love that. I'm sorry. I, I that just does something. It's not enough of us out here, you know, that are known like that. It's enough of us out here. It's a lot of us out here, just not any known. So if I can put more on the map like, hey, that just you can't hate me for it. So, uh, also, guys, uh, please go support my podcast again. I'm always looking for new patrons. Uh, go to patreon.com uh, backslash the Gundog Notebook, and you will find my uh, support page. It's you know just a little bit about me. Like I said all the time before, this is gonna help. You know, one dollar, two dollars, five dollars, twenty dollars. I'm trying to get to like twenty dollars a month. That's where I want to. Twenty dollars a month will actually be okay. That'll actually get some some of the basics knocked out. It's not that much. So I think we can get there. And I want to keep giving you guys better and better content. So if you can go to patreon.com backslash the gundog notebook and uh you'll find my stuff there. Share it also, guys. Get on Facebook, share my podcast. Uh, rate and review it on iTunes. Give me something, man. That's that's all I'm asking for. I know I'm, I might be begging, and it'd be like that sometimes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask. Close mouth, don't get fed. So, yeah. You know, with all that being said, I want to not hold you up too long and go ahead and get to the podcast. Everybody that supports it, I thank you guys. I'm getting a lot of listens. Uh, my, my stats are actually pretty good. Let me not act, you know, act like I'm just begging cause I'm hurting. No, I'm begging because I want more, uh, more people to listen to 
my perspective on you know this whole hunting and gun dog thing the world of it and how it all works and especially coming from you know my background in history and just hearing everybody else's is always good so without further ado i'm going to go ahead and transition you guys into episode seven of the gun dog notebook featuring antonio duckman jones uh brody ben duck calls and tillis calhoun of uh uh sutter bay retrievers so that's pretty much it um you can go to sutterbayretrievers.com if you want to find out more about that and uh brodybin.com to find out more about that too all right guys i will check in with you later okay so this is uh the gun dog notebook this is episode seven with my new buddy antonio duckman jones how are you antonio Every day is like Christmas, baby. How are you? I am great. Every day, every day is about to be Christmas, man. I know it. So, I'm actually getting a, a little enlight on Hanukkah. Actually, my friend Alec that uh, called you earlier, uh, that kind of lined up the interview and set up the interview. He's, he's actually 15 and he's Jewish, and I, I did not understand, you know, actually what Hanukkah was. And so it's really close to Christmas and all of that stuff. So. I wanted to know, like, you know, there's a lot more to me than just duck calls. I like to be a substance-driven guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, a, like a little kind of content like to you. No, kind of like your artwork. Cool. Well, thank you, man. Um, I actually really appreciate it. And speaking of my artwork, I started working on uh, that picture you sent me. Yes, sir. Yeah, I started working on that, bro. Did you really? Yeah, so I uh, I need to be sending you that. I'm going to Colorado for a day to watch my brother graduate. But when I get back, I want to send you that image just as a, a big thank you gift, man, for, for doing this for me. You know, folks doesn't even realize that that was, that picture says a whole lot. What's the story behind that picture? Man, I can't tell you just yet. But I could say this. This is history in the making. Okay. Okay. I can dig that. I can dig it. And so, from you know, I respect you as an artist. You know, being working with top individuals and mastering your craft. And a lot of other individuals do, too. So, yeah. But that being said, that being said, you know... Man, I feel blessed that you would even take the time out to even draw it. Dude. Paint the picture for it. But you know what? I think the good Lord painted that picture. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Actually, you know, being able to make a copy. uh Uh-huh. And I'll explain more in detail later on as we go. We're just going to leave that there. All right. All right. So we're going to leave that there. Well, no, I uh, I wanted to reach out to you because when we were in, uh, first of all, I like I had poked around like YouTube and stuff like that, and I I know I had seen you before, just as far as duck calls and stuff like that, and 
I thought it was real cool, you know, but I like I just got in the duck hunt, just drank the Kool-Aid, so I'm all the way sold. Right. You know, right. got my dog, got my lap, got all of that. But I um I was out in Kansas uh, uh during the Thanksgiving week or whatever like that. Or yeah, Thanksgiving week, matter of fact. And uh my buddy Eric had one of your Perlin hand calls. And brother, when I tell you like like I said before, before we uh, spoke just earlier, a few days ago, uh, them ducks might have might as well came and sat right next to us, man. <laughs> you know what? Whenever I sell one, I always say this: after it leaves my hands, I'm not reliable or responsible for what happens if the game of fish or whatever start being on you because they're trying to jump in the blind with you or whatnot. There will be no. I, I'm not responsible. You can't come back on me. <laughs> hey, brother. Look, we we call them good problems. We call them good problems, brother. Like, they like the ducks. Really like it. I'm glad that y'all liked it. I worked a, uh, really really hard on it with another guy. I had a help. I had help. I can't say that I did it all on my own. I had yeah. a lot of help from a lot of other individuals that's coming around like. You know me, I like to work with the best, you know, the best of the best. Yeah. We want the best stuff that we can possibly have or afford at the time. Yeah. And we want, I want to work with the best individuals that's doing what they can do. And let's all get together. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well. And I'm going to tell you something right now. That Perlin hen, it ain't a, hey, it don't, it don't have a Ferrari shell and a four coupe motor. Yeah. It's got a. Formula One racing motor. So, since you say that, tell tell me about um, your duck call. Just tell my listeners and everybody, my audience. Um, I, I get a lot of people that are really, really, really interested in you know that one call that they can have, you know, all the way around. And especially if you got a lot of ducks, like what you guys get in Arkansas, people want something that work. So. Tell me about your calls. So my call, now, of course, I am in a duck call selling business. So, you know, just to, uh, and I, here's the deal. Uh, I, I'm a salesman for sure, but I've hung around a lot of guys in construction, man. In construction yeah. work and build stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and a good friend of mine, literally his name is George Washington. He always said, Antonio, <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell, you know, he would say to other folks, you know, once, don't tell me, don't sell me, you know, don't sell me on the deal. Just tell me what it would do, what, when it would do, and how it's going to do it. Don't yep. change it back up. So in, uh, let me put that in duck call words. If you buy a product from Brody Ben, for instance, my number one seller right now to that day is the Perlin Hen. I knew it was going to be, I'm a world champion duck caller, but everybody else, you know, uh, you got, I got both the end of the spectrums. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it as a business guy trying to run numbers like, or trying to be a business guy. Uh, I'm just a duck caller. The duck calling stuff is easy. The business part is cutthroat and hard. Yeah. But, but I'm learning as I grow. So that being said, so I went to some guys that are older than me that are they're very smart and business savvy. Makes sense. I'm duck call savvy, but he's like business savvy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, with that, um, with that being said, you know, 
after I talked with them, you know, they said majority of individuals buy double read duck calls. Yeah. Now, that being said, I'm a competitive, I'm a competitive caller, man. We don't use double reads. We call that training wheels and whatnot. Why now? Why is that? Because it's user friendly. A lot of double reads don't have versatility. Okay. They don't have that much versatility. And it's all like down to the minute stuff. So now I don't know if you know, but duck calls are an instrument, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they're machined to the thousands. Yep. One thousand plus or minus. Mm-hmm. So any or uh, any, you know, any dimension off on the OD or the ID will uh, essentially throw the sound off. Yeah. So everything is, I think, in manufacturing itself, in the manufacturing itself, the industry standard for anything manufactured is to the 5,000s. Yeah. Wow. That's across the board to wow. the 5,000s. Yeah. Duck calls are. My duck calls. I don't know about everybody else's. I can speak for mine, though. Or, or to the thousand. Yeah. And then my buddy that, you know, my guy that I work with, or guys that I work with, they think that there is, they go, Antonio, when you tell me, you know, there's one thousands, they think that there's a lot of room in between that thousand. I'm like, holy crap, that's crazy. Because you're talking a thousandth yeah. of an inch. Yeah, that's like that's crazy to think about. How, you know how to get that level of detail, like that level of minute and finite, finite detail. But then it, you can tell it pays off. Like when you watch your videos, man, bro. When I tell you, 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 you out here singing with the call. So it, I mean, you can tell it pay it. It definitely makes a difference um, to the, like you said, to the finite detail. Um, That's true. I like that term, finite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, because that's what it is. You know, that's that's exactly what it is. So you know, just my applaud to you, man. I can't never, I can't stop watching that enough and. You know, I was out there in Kansas trying to call, and I felt like a a, a retard listening to you uh, <laughs> making calls. It gets like, even detailed than that. So, so you know, I grew up and I grew up hunting public. No, 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 Alex, hold on one second, guy. Hold on, these are not done yet, Alex. Stop, stop. We're trying to let some calls rub and buff for a company that had bought. Um, and Alex is 15, and so I'm okay. telling him to stop and calm down. You know how young people are. Yeah. like myself. Yeah. So I got a lot of old heads that are telling me, hey, slow down. Give it time to settle in. Uh-huh. Then we'll gas it. Yeah. So that's what I was having to tell Alex there. Sorry. Okay. But that being said, uh, so I grew up hunting a lot of public ground, man. So, you know, public ground, there's a lot of people that hunt it. Hunt that I, you know, I'm in the demographics with people. If you're a waterfowl hunter, you pretty much got a little change, you know. You got yeah. a little bit of change. You yeah. got a little bit to sustain self and whatever. You have a little bit of change. That being said, so but I was blessed to grow up and be born and grow up in the state of Arkansas. State of Arkansas has some of the best public ground hunting mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, in the world. In I mean they it, 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 legit. I mean, 
they, it does, and you and it do, and it's no secret. Everybody knows that. Yeah, there are some other places too that have some really, really good public ground hunting, but I'm not trying to share all that. Hey, look, look, just just take me with you, man. <laughs> just and take so, me with uh, you. So, with that being said, you know, I go after ducks. If you've ever, been, if you're a waterfowl hunter, mm-hmm. I go after ducks, and it's kind of funny. Phil Robertson says, "Hey, ducks couldn't do that." Yeah. Well, here's the difference between me and a, and individuals like that. Not saying anything wrong. I go after ducks that are flying over that he wouldn't even think about or anybody else would even think about going after. Yeah. They're too high. They're too high. Huh. No, they ain't. I like to break them down from that high up. I'm break they. You fly with me. I, I told a guy earlier today, I said, dude, he was like, no, they ain't hitting the woods. They ain't hitting in the woods. I said, are they flying over it? That's all I need. Yeah. If they're flying over it, they can be broke with the right equipment. One being your duck calls. One, two being the right decoy placement. Enough decoys. I can't give you all the cloth talk. You got to come back on that. You got to come back in on that. Look, hey, like I said, I'm 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 telling you, I need to make a trip out there to Arkansas and learn what you learn what you know, man. man you know what? I'm on. Uh, it, it's right now. I have been hanging out in the Show Me State, man. Yeah. Because ninety percent of my business has been done in 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 Missouri. Uh huh. So I got to stay where the money's at, and um, man, brother. Man. That's Missouri's I, got a lot of good hunting, man. I, I, I hear. I know what was going on. Yeah. Okay. They got a lot of good hunting. I hunted at a club, man, the other day that was established in 1871. Yo, that's what you were telling me about the other day. I wanted to make sure that we got this um, just on record, if you don't mind. Tell, tell that story. established in 1871. And it was... Man, I thought that I knew about service. I hung out with the pushers and stuff, and then I hung out with some other individuals that was there. But the, uh, you know, the individuals, I like to hang out with the guys that's doing the work. Make yeah. Sense. The yeah. guys that's doing the work, because 90% of those individuals, they know what's going on. Uh-huh. They really know what's going on. So I hung out with them the whole time, even though you know, it was a, a deal where a friend of mine, Alex's daddy, really, y'all heard me talk about Alex. Yeah. Alex's daddy actually hooked me up and got me into this place, him and an, another friend of his. You know, and it was 18 people or whatnot. And, um, man, I'm talking, if you're thinking of like upper echelon cloth type, cloth talk type, yeah. it was, you know, no southern term we use is called high cotton. Yeah, of course. I know what you're talking about. We say the same thing here in Georgia. But, you know, here's what I learned from that experience that I was blessed to be around. Mm -hmm. Was they highly manage you. They're not in a rush. And it's more so, you know, I like killing numbers, but I've known this for a couple years, you know, several years now. It's not even about the numbers. They don't hunt. You know, you know what their hunting party is. Yeah, 
It's two people. It's a gentleman's hunt. Uh-huh. And so there's a difference in being like a gentleman and having a gentleman's hunt. So there's all different types of sectors of gentlemen, gentlemen hunting and party hunting with your buddies and yeah. whatnot. And and, and you prefer that and you prefer that style of hunting. I, man, you know, I told whenever I started, I, I was starting another little project that I was wanting to do, and I was like, you know what? I really didn't because everybody know me about commercial hunting. You know, mm-hmm. they know how I like to commercial hunt, and I mean because number one, this has been my sole source of income. It's how I make my money. It's how I live. It's how I pay for my kids. It's how I pay my phone bill. Right. It's how I pay. You know, that's how that's that's how I make my money to survive. Right. Absolutely. So, that being said, number one, let me just say this with no disclosure, no disclaimer, nothing, whatever else. If I'm going to get out of bed, even because I don't work my way up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, think, you think that I've worked my way up the real? I, absolutely. You sound like it. I'm not sound like it. I think you heard that. Okay? Hey, brother. You ain't you ain't done nothing but convince me, and and that's why you're on here, and that's why I reached out to you on the podcast. Like, well, it's, it's that evident. Means that Antonio's only getting out of bed unless there's something big going on, brother. I like to hang around and and and, and talk and just BS around the fire and whatnot, rather than get out of bed. And so, but see. Be- but but when bro when I when I tell you when I hear when somebody like you speaks, there's wisdom that comes from what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So when you talk about working your way up, like there's a certain amount of wisdom that comes with that, especially in you know the world that that you're in. Yeah, here's another thing. You know, I was in, <laughs> you know. Man, it, it, I have been extremely, extremely blessed. So, um, and I state that only because, you know, you'll hear all kind of stuff on the internet about Antonio. Yeah. That 90% isn't true. 90%. And I'm going to leave that up for you to decide and for the general public to decide themselves. Yeah. For themselves. You know, <clears throat> when you go against the grain like I did, for for a segment now listen I'm not trying to toot my own horn but I'm trying to put it in perspective for your viewers to understand I am the only black individual or minority black that's black that has won anything of that magnitude in all of hunting or shooting sports or anything. Right. And guess what? So, there's not there's not enough of that, Antonio. Mm-hmm. It's not an and that's why that's why you're here to be a pioneer. You see what I'm saying? But let me let, let me let me just say this. I'm not the first black dude that was duck hunting. Mm-mm. There's a whole lot of other black guys that I know. That I know. Yeah. That are deer hunters, that are duck hunters, that are whatever, that are killers. That I know, and I know that there, there is a need for it. Yep. They've been here. They just hadn't been publicized. And 
Because I think Lil Wayne says real killers don't get heard about. You get whispered about or you get murdered. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but that was another thing. But listen, here's the deal. I, if I can be that void or be that brand that represents and tells their story, I'm yeah. going to be. That's it. Because like I tell everyone else, and I'm having to sit here and tell Alex that's trying to coach me right now. He's 15. And I had to learn this the hard way. Son, you don't have the life experiences over me. And I didn't even understand it because I had the idea, even whenever I was at his age, because I was hearing it. Make yeah. sense? Yeah. But I didn't have the experience. So experience goes a lifetime. So I respect people that came before me. Make sense? Like this guy <coughs> bad part of Washington that grew up hunting in Arkansas that's a bad dude. Hunts yeah. a really, really good, great property. Yeah. You know, back in the day, we got, you know, the, the property that blacks receive. You ever heard the term for 40 acres in a mule? Oh, absolutely. You know, it was less desirable property. Uh-huh. But that was all we were going to get, though. That was literally at, at all, at all at, if not the most, we were going to get. Well, I wonder what the recreational value of those properties are now. There's got to be something outrageous. I mean, I don't know, but you can't talk to Brody being properties. We got you set up, baby. We finna have you going. You know, come see me, and I'll tell you the truth, though. (laughs) Now and now, tell me about Brody Ben because you said that was uh, first. What was it? The first place you duck hunted. So let me let me let me give you the whole story so you'll have it and you'll know and your viewers know. So I grew up in a township called Redfield, Arkansas. And originally, let's go back before it was an actual township. Okay, let's do okay. it. Let's go back before that. So let's go back to the Indian days. Actually, everybody heard of Pine Bluff, correct? Mm-hmm. In Arkansas, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff is there, which is an historically black college. Yeah. I grew up 20 miles north of there. Well, we got bros there. I'm a Kappa, so we got bros there. That's you how got I a know. Yeah, hey, bro, I'm a newt, bro. Man, my cousin Eric, boy, he a newt. Oh, got yeah? Bro. Oh, shit. Then that's why you good people, then. Hey, hey, man. Y'all, I always say, I always, I always say. So, like, whenever he came. <laughs> Oh, he used to mess with us hard when he got off the line. Oh, yeah? Man, tell him to hit me up. Tell him I said, yo, new. Hey, he he always was slapping us in the back of the neck for some reason. I don't even know why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. That (laughs) sounds about right. Oh, because he was always bigger than us, too, athletic. Pretty. He thought he was a pretty boy and whatnot. Yeah. Y'all are. Y'all, you know I am. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, what I'm saying you got to put on a little bit for him. But anyway, so I mean, with that being said, Darrell, your stock just went way up. <laughs> your stock just went way up a lot more. For real? But, uh, uh, yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> well, brother, nah, man, you you definitely, I I've been bugging you about getting on this podcast because I just enjoy the hell out of talking to you. So trust me, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for it. But but that being said, you know, man, I just, you know, I want to tell the story 
You know what? I want to tell the story of other individuals. Other individuals' story. Yeah. That are good at what they do and have been for years. And I want to provide products that people can use and reuse and reuse. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bro, you are offering a work of art. Seriously. So, and and I and I want to be. Here's the deal. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, I'm making a little bit of money off of it. It ain't nothing. But a lot of that was started, man. That's how we ate. We sustain ourselves. That's how the, the food that we eat. Yeah. You know, that's how we eat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's how we eat. There's a lot of stuff that has been hunting. And I think that uh, you said something to me the other day about, like, let's just be straight up and be rash and be straight to the to the point and not be sensitive. Yeah. You said something to me the other day about, like, people like that, like, wasn't the ones that was being killed. Oh, like, no. It was so back during slavery days. You talking about them? Yes, sir. Yeah. So back during the times of slavery and stuff like that, when we was stuck on the plantation, it was the artists, it was the carpenters, it was the hunters, it was it was the people that had a special. It was the black folk that had a specialized skill that were less likely to be killed. You see what I'm saying? The field slaves, the field hands. They came a dime a dozen. It don't matter about them. We'll get more of them, but we can't teach, you know, uh, shouting them over there. We can't teach him, you know, how to carve or do anything like that or, you know, any kind of specialized skill. We don't want to have to continue going through that. So most of the time, no, when you were really good at what you do, you were less likely to be killed straight up. So you had to have a trade. Yeah. That sounded like even back in the Indian days. Yeah. My family, a lot of in, Indian uh, lineage to it. That Whoa. I'm just now finding now. You know, that's a lot, a lot of. I mean, I told somebody the other day, man, I'm in the commodities commerce, man. I'm yeah. And so back in those days, you know, townships were made around river systems, you know, mm-hmm. because that was their means of traveling. And so, if you had a guy that was an individual that was a leather maker and he made leather belts and chaps and everything else, that was his trade. That provided sustainability for his family. Yeah, absolutely. And so, if you was a, if you were a very skilled hunter at that time, then one thing's for sure: your your body has to have water. You have to have food. And nowadays you're gonna get taxed to death, but we ain't even <laughs> you know. But you're definitely gonna have to have that to sustain yourself to, to just to survive. Makes Absolutely. Sense. So, you know, utilizing things of that resource that is that simple, man. That simple. Yeah, and your family was just all up and up and down that river, right? Yes, sir. We was actually at Red. It was. The township now is called Redfield. Before it was incorporated, it was called Red Bluff. 
Okay. Just north of Pine Bluff. And there's actually, you know, Tarkemp State Park that's there, okay? And it's an RV park. It's on the Arkansas River. And they called it Tarkemp State Park because I know what I read on the Internet, and I may be corrected later on, but I think that's where during the Civil War that they tarred their boats at. Nice. And so um, it's the highest ground, too. On the river, so like on the uh, eastern side of the Arkansas River, you okay. know, it's all agriculture. Flat, the ground's flatter. Mm. You know, the terrain changes on the western side of the river. Yeah, so the bluffs are pretty much higher and stuff. So the ground's flatter on the east side of the river. So, but Brody Bend, actually, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow in a small town, grow up in a small town. Yeah. Well, you know, my family and you know, France, when well, we were the you know, it's 1,200 people. You know, the black folks that was there was us. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, blood relation to play cousins. They yeah. were still family. Makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Here's something that, here's something that's some, so crazy, man. When you grow up in a small town, and even especially a small town in the, in the South, poor is poor. Oh, yeah. You know, it don't matter what it is. That, that's all the way around. You know, it, it, it so family. So the term it takes a village to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. Antonio's a product of that man. Yeah. Cause white, black, whatever. I work. I hunted with everybody, man. Yeah. My township. My township of people knew me. Yeah. They know my family. They know everything. We talked about this the other night, man. Mm-hmm. I think everybody in the world would be a lot better if they knew their neighbor. Right. Just look out. Like, just open your eyes and acknowledge, hey, you here, but hey, it's co- it could be cool if you here. Just, you know, it. If hey, you my just... name's Antonio. What's your name? Right. Real? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, this- brother. This is what I do. This is what how I do. Mm-hmm. Whether you're black, white, whatever, you're yellow. But green. you know, now nowadays, it's got to be such a divisive thing because you know that's that's where we are at, I guess, in society. It doesn't have to be that way, but you know, it doesn't. It, it really, it uh-uh. really, really. And, but see, I tell people that all the time. Like when people ask me, like as. You know, I'm I'm from Atlanta, man. Like I ain't even re- I don't my don't none of, nobody in my family hunt. Maybe my Hotlander, hot Atlanta, brother. Trust hot me, Atlanta, and trust it get hot. It it get I yeah. But you, you know, I I get it's you get used to it. It's kind of cool. Um, but I don't come from a hunting family. Uh, you know, I inherited my granddaddy's stepfather's. You know, ninety-nine year old four ten shotgun. That's about as close as it got to. And he might have hunted some squirrels and, you know, probably use it as protection back in the day. But long story short, my family didn't hunt. So, you know, coming from Do you Atlanta, not know that those four tens pattern very, very, very well. Oh, bro, I shoot squirrels with that thing all the time. Hell yeah, they do. <laughs> you might say, so I'm like, I'm building these duck calls and stuff. So man, I'm like I'm like fifty cent. I'm young but a dude from the old school. Yeah. So like, man, like there's a lot of old stuff that's been made. 
that really? Uh huh. You know, good stuff, man. Yeah, you don't have to go out and spend three G's on a good gun, bro. No, no, you can get a no. good old gun. It's got some history to it. You know, you it's know, got it got a little character to it. You know, they built stuff back in those days. They built it to last. Yep. Man. Them them they guns are built like. Stuff to last. Yep. They made things to last because here was the deal. I don't think that they, if the supply ran out on the stuff that you was using to make that stuff. Yep. They didn't know if that supply was going to run out. So they had to make it to last. They had to make it to last. Yeah. And they made it with, they made the stuff user friendly. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not one for all the extra technology on a gun. Like like it's cool every so often, but I just want something that shoots and I can walk around with it and I ain't gonna have too many problems with, it, you know. Like give me something. It don't gotta be a three thousand dollar shotgun, because hell, you know, regardless of what it is, you you know, you can't hit no better with a three thousand dollar shotgun as you can with a $400 shotgun. So, does it work and can you shoot with it? That's my question. Right. That's does right. It, does it work? Like, I ain't talking about, I don't want no jams, no malfunction. In my best gun thus far, and I've had a few of them um, that were pretty cool, double guns, so on and so forth. My best gun, honestly, bro, is my, camo my uh, camouflage 870 Super Mag. Hey, they call it the boat paddle for a reason. I, I, <laughs> but even going further back than that, my granddad has an old Smith & Wesson pistol that he used to use for the service when he was uh, a postal inspector. Bro, that gun's so old, but it's built like a tank. Dude, I just now found out what the what what a postal inspector is. Yeah. So I'm, I sell my stuff all online. Yeah. I ne I never knew like postal inspectors. They're like the FBI. Yeah. Post office world, and I'm like, what? I'm just trying to ship thirty seven dollars <laughs> calls, man. You know, <laughs> and due to nine eleven, it's like what? Yeah. Like. These guys don't play around. Like My granddaddy did it. Like they don't play around. Like <laughs> don't postal inspect. I just now figured out what them was. Wow. Yeah. My granddaddy, that's what he did, man. But I mean, he was the one that taught me and got me into shooting and stuff like that. And I remember shooting his old guns, man. That's what I learned on, you know, so. But, so, like, nowadays, those postal inspectors, man, you know, our government, man, we have some of the most skilled guys that's in, you know, enforcement-wise, mm -hmm. like, in our government, see, you know, to, uh, it, that's, it's crazy. I feel blessed to even be here in America, man. You know what Well, I mean? it's a good time. The thing is, man, if you keep to your own and mind your own damn business and enjoy your own life the way you wanted to, shit ain't really got to be that bad. It ain't got to be that. It's only as difficult as what you make it. Right. Mm-mm. Fact. I just refuse, brother. 
I mean, I I do not agree with anything political going on, and it's my podcast. I will. I hey, look, we can talk about whatever's on here, from dogs to the state of America. If it's you know whatever, we going with it. But you know, I'm not a politician, so that's out of my hands. I don't even care. I'm but call and and talk about my area. My area, duck hunting and duck call, and I can only relay stuff. That happens to me personally, right. and me, and, and 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 hopefully individuals can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Anything else is out of my hands. Well, my- it's like what stick to what makes you happy. Oh, seeing a bunch of maladucks come through the trees. Right now, I'm talking not like one or two or twenty. I'm trying to get as many of them as I can. Right. We yeah. don't even got to shoot into them. We just got to, I just want to be able to watch that. Yeah. Yo, that is so pretty. Like seeing, uh, just seeing, like when I was in Kansas this past uh, Thanksgiving, this last trip, it was a bunch of, a big flock. Like it was 50, 60 of them just swarming, circling us, man. Like, that's the prettiest thing in the world. And you hearing all them calls going off and they, you know, calling back to you. Bruh, that was the coolest thing in the world to me. It's kind of crazy how one of them always followed, how they all followed that one lead up. hmm So, what, um, do you, all right, so you guide and stuff like that, right? So. Well, I don't. I mean, if I'm going to guide. It's going to be big job stuff. Now, I may own a company that may do some guiding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if I'm going to guide, yes, I grew I grew up. <laughs> Man, how I bought my first, ve- first vehicle mm-hmm. was taking people hunting on private property. That was, you know, that was a hunting lodge, man. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this lodge was built 14,000 square foot, built out of Heritage Log Home in 1999. It was listed on the Wall Street Journal as the Taj Mahal of duck hunting. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Big job stuff. You know, like big job stuff. But yeah, I was just, okay. I see what I you're mean, talking I about. I was just, uh, you know, I was like 14, 15 years old, I was just the black dude there to do all the other work that the the actual guides didn't yeah. want to do. You know, whatever the manage was. You know, but I, was, I, I became you know, here's the deal. The manager of that place, shout out to Brock Jones. Yeah. Seen something else in me. He had already known, known that this dude right here was the real deal because I came, you know, everybody in the the whole area knew that I was working with the Honorable Mayor of Stuttgart on my duck calling skills, which was Butch Richenbach, the founder of Rich and Tom Duck Calling. I was going to say, wow. Like, I wanted to ask you about that, too. You got to tell me how that worked out, but keep going. Man, but that's, but, you know, I did all of the work that nobody else wanted to do just so I would have the opportunity to be able to guide. And um, there's been a whole lot of stuff that happened since since that fact within that particular year yeah we just getting started we were just getting started you know again i was 15 years old man yeah man yo that's like i i I just 
that's the coolest thing to me, man. It's there's a unique story you got going on. Um, so we also talked about the other day, and I hope I can keep my promise. Um, I need another dog. Tell me about your dogs and stuff like that. It is. Hey, man. You know, I'm in. Uh, I, I can actually. It's not, and I and I'm not gonna take full credit of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I got a good friend of mine out, um, and I'll tell you his name. His name's Tillis Calhoun, man. Tillis Calhoun's a black dude. Yeah. Retriever world, dude. I'll put him up against anybody on producing the best dogs in the world. I mean, Tillis only, I mean, he only handles his dogs. Nowadays, he's kind of like me once I win the worlds, you know. They ask you to judge more so than you can compete, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So Tillis's dogs, man. Uh, Tillis is running sixty to a hundred grand dogs, dude. What? Pulling off his truck, yeah. And AKC World, they are sixty or a hundred grand. Tillis is flying around in private planes and stuff. His dog owners are flying him around. He's on big job, big big job shit. Wow. Wow. And so okay, that's crazy. That being said, I used to be a member and I used to be work with, work with a friend of mine that was in my hometown that, you know, put me around a lot of individuals in the hunting retriever club. You know, this hunting retriever club, I think it was Pino. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, these are the gun dog type of individuals, you know, the, the gun dog type. Yep. Well, so you have the gun dogs, and then you have the AKC stuff. That's where, so there's tiers to it, okay? There's le- the levels to it. There's levels to it. <laughs> <laughs> levels to this shit. I promise you. And so, well, tell us it's up there. If it was military terms, it'd be tier one. Yeah. And so, I mean, these these guys are getting dogs that are running, you know, marks that are, 700 yards, man. Just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Wow. Think one guy had to, you know, to beat Tillis's record, I did my due diligence on it. Because he had more master national titles than anybody in the world. Are you serious? Yeah. One guy had to run 23 dogs just to beat him by one dog. Wow. Okay. Yo. So that and, being said, and you and and you're cool with him. I ain't just cool with him. <laughs> I ain't just cool with him. Right. Now listen, for profit in the business. I'm a for profit business. And then Tellus knows that. And I know that and I respect Tellus' skills. And he is a, you know, he says Antonio. If a guy can't get your dog where it needs to be within four months, you don't need to. You don't need to. You don't need to work with him. Yeah. You don't need to. Now, a guy that's going to get your dog within four months where it needs to be, if you don't have the time, it's going to run you. You know, I think at minimum twelve hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. At minimum. 
just to keep that dog in shape and yeah, I mean you're getting no, quality no, 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 training. No, 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 no. No, you're not, getting top tier training and and no, yeah. no, not to keep the dog in shape. That's going from a started. That's coming from nothing, not knowing. Right, and you're dog. getting this dog fully starting coming from ground zero. Ground zero. Right, and you're training this dog up. Signals and running blinds, force mm -hmm. fed, collar condition, walking at heel on heel, sit with sitting on the whistle. Mm -hmm. You know, retrieving multiple marks all of within four months. Yep, that's a that is a that is a like, bro. You are beelining it. I mean, you are moving. That is a crazy training program. That's no, that's what you call it, knowing what you're doing. No, it it is. But you, I mean, you, I, you got to respect that, bro. Four months, that's crazy. You don't have time. Difference. I told you a story about George Washington, my boy. He said, Antonio, tell me when, tell me if you can produce. Don't give me a sales pitch. Yeah. Don't give me a sales pitch. Tell us, can have your dog doing. I'm talking sitting, healing, force fetch, college condition, retrieving multiple birds' marks that they see fall and running pattern blinds. Within four months. Yeah. When, what I mean is, what I mean by pattern blinds is, is that when the, you send the dog, even when they don't see it, they run in a line. Mm -hmm. You whistle stop the dog. Move. Dog turns around and looks at you, and you tell that dog where to go, whether that's a right or a left back, a right or a left over. Or a right or a left angle back. Yep. An angle. Run at an angle. And you can get this dog. I mean, this guy can get this dog going with all of those things in four months. That's amazing. I mean, my dog does that, but Lord, it took it. It. I'm not going to lie to you. It took me more than four months. <laughs> Correct. But when you get, to, when you're blessed to work beside guys that know that yeah and know how to do that because they're not going to give all the tricks of the trade to everybody they work too hard to figure it out themselves yeah Makes sense. yeah absolutely absolutely i mean but that's and that's why i say man like it's more of us out there that need to be need to do that and i would love if we can get him on the podcast to hear some you know some wisdom from him man hey. like Hold on, let's see if we we'll answer. Hold on. Okay. Yo, what's how are you? Nice. Man, it's a it's definitely a pleasure to meet you, man. Are we still live? Yeah, we still are. Um I'm I'm gonna have to play with the recording volume because we're on my phone, but yeah, I'll work on that stuff. Y'all are good. Just ask me about the 
first tell us to enter just to introduce myself. Um, right now we are recording for my podcast. Um, it's called the Gundog Notebook, and I just wanted. I really like to hear from you guys. I mean, I, I thought about Antonio when a buddy of mine had his call. We were out hunting, and um, I, you know, I'm getting into training dogs, gun dogs, um, hunt tests, and so on and so forth. And you know, I'm neck deep into it, so I like hearing from you guys and just what y'all have to share. Um, I've kind of got an audience, and they generally appreciate it too. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister lives there. Oh, nice. So, when's the next time you go get down here, man? Uh, well, she, she won't listen to your show. We don't get along. <laughs> oh. Huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're getting, uh, getting into the political here. <laughs> yeah, and, hey, look, like I said, it's a, it is an open platform, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people don't understand that. It's like the mountain lions, they outlawed that, but uh, I think... Uh, but then, I mean, if you don't put pressure on them, then they start putting pressure on you. Yeah. 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 Right here where I live in Albany, I mean, there's fighting and people getting and everything, but... Wow. Can't run them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and and you move from hounds and all of that stuff to retrievers. Um, 
seen the bike riding the green horse, you know, you got a flower in it and stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, they hack up the blind. But, but by the time they're a year old, you know, six months to a year old, they should be, you know, forced to the pile, stopping to the whistle. Right. Yeah. Now, and see, that, at a year, that's reasonable. You know, I, I don't think that's too much to ask at all. It depends, it depends on when you get the dog and what they've done with it. Yeah. I, let, I sent one that I called home last year at 10 months, and she was handling him. And she's at the master level now. She just turned two, she turned two this December. So at the master level, Kellen, at the master level, how far how far? How far is it going? The rules say 150 yards. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're going 300, 400. Good lord. That is a motor on those dogs. Yeah, Master Hunter and AKC World. They're doing 300 and 400 yards. No. Master Hunter is only a 150 yard max because it's a hunt test scenario. Oh. What about field? Sort of, kind of. <laughs> wow. Uh, field trials, yeah, they're 300, 400 yards. Now, do, it, do you have a preference between hunt tests and field trials? All 300, 400 yard marks. Yep, and blind. For AKC? Uh-huh. That's a, that's a long way. My preference is whatever. <laughs> I like running them all. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've never discriminated on what I ran. I run SRS, UKC, AKC, uh, Gundog, uh, you know, just fun stuff. So tell me about the, tell me about the AKC world where you stretch the dogs out in the Master National. What's the Master National? What are those? That's for hunting, for hunting retrievers. And it's more of a hunt test scenario. Okay. How far are those? <laughs> That's 150 yards maximum. So now, and how do you, all right, so if you run both hunt tests and field trials, how do you run, how do you train your dogs? Do you train them, I guess, because field trials, they're running longer, so you just constantly train at longer distances anyway, so 150 yards becomes essentially nothing? Well, there, there's a lot, a lot to it. Dogs have to learn how to, uh, Oh, punch a long mark because, you know, not all the marks are 300 yards. You may have one that's jumped on you at 40 yards or 60 yards. Got, dogs got to go by that and push out, you know, another two or 300 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I cross-train, but I don't run a lot of field trials. Okay. And when I, the dogs that I do run field trials don't run hunting. Oh, okay. Talk about the field trials. Just for a brief second. At what level? Keep it shorter. Okay. 
Wow, man. Well, there's some, if you go on the National Open website, they've got some grown videos of the National Amateur and what those dogs were doing. Yeah, I am. Um, what for the folks on the, that's the National Amateur, what's the exact website? Okay, Retriever News. The Retriever News, yep. And so that way I can, um... Okay, and I can, uh, I'll post that to my, you know, as a part of the description and stuff like that, um, at the end of this podcast and so on and so forth. So, man. The good definition of a field trial is extreme marking, uh extreme handling, and a hunt test, uh, I, AKC hunt tests are kind of more, many field trials now. Yeah. They've evolved into, you know, just nothing really to do with hunting. Uh, when I first started, we ran out of boats, we ran out of blinds. You better bring your waders because you can stand in water. And, uh, you know, you aren't penalized if you use the whistle and handle the dog as you are now. Yeah. Um, UKC contests fit the hunting scenario better. There's no... In AKC, they make a noise out there. They either quack or, or say, hey, 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 and throw a mark. Um, in UKC, there's no sound. So... And you can talk to your dog. In AKC, you can't talk to your dog once you signal and everything starts. Okay. UKC, you can say, here, here, mark, boom, boom, you know, and then heel, heel, mark, mark, boom, boom. And there's no intimidating sound, so the dog has to work and work off the gun, follow the barrel of the gun. Oh. Or, you know, more like timber hunting or whatever. Shooting a pit line. I think it's just more for a gun dog or a hunting dog. If guy was going to have a, a hunting dog trained, you want him trained that way versus, say, an AKC contest dog. But, I mean, that's not given to say um, any master hunter who make a great, better than average hunting companion. Right. I mean, and I hear a lot of people try and differentiate between the two. I don't think you know, I'm, I thought any good dog could, you know, should be able to go both ways, both, you know, say meat dog and, you know, field trial and hunt test dog. I think, but that's my ideal preference. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I meet a lot of people that, <clears throat> um, just don't want a dog with a motor like that. Really want them out there risking 
getting hurt, you know. Yeah. Running in a running in a rice paddy where they can the mud and suction can rip out their um, you know, their cruise ship. Yeah. And stuff like that. So wow. Okay. Man, is there, and I, I, I gotta, I'm pushing close to an hour <laughs> on my podcast, and I know I can sit here and talk to you all night. Um, man, can I, can I also have you back? Can we do this again, guys? Like, um, I'll have to, I'll have to get your information, um, from Antonio if that's okay, but man, like, I want to do this again. Antonio, text me the site, too. Okay. Cool. I've got you. I'm just here to help out. So when he started talking about retrievers, all I knew about was the hunt dog and hunt test scenarios. I did not know anything else about it, but I said, let me give me a second, and I'll put it in more verse for somebody else that does know at that level. Yeah. Man, I can't thank y'all enough. Hey, Antonio. When are you gonna fly me out there to the hunt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I ha- I just have to schedule it between the wife's days off. Yeah. Well, man, I dude, Tillis, I gotta I gotta meet you. Is there any way um I can post any additional information you may want me to have, like websites or anything like that? You said survey retrievers? Survey. S-U-T-T-E-R-B-A-Y. Retrievers. And we also have J.J. Hospice Dog. Um, therapy Dog. We just have a book out on J.J.'s journey. Let me see. Hang on. I'm putting all of this in now. You said J.J.'s. Okay. Yo, that's cool. Okay. Well, I'm definitely gonna put all of this information up, man. And look, I uh, I'm looking. I'm Sutter Bay Retrievers. I'm looking up uh, some dogs now for like I'm about to get married in uh, at in October of 2018. So I'm going to be looking for a female if you got me, man. Like, I'll come up there and, and, and get one off of you. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. A lab. I, if you know of or can get me a good lab. Man, I um, I I I gotta get gotta get one of these. Uh, I'm looking at your dogs now, and man, well, I'm I'm taking your word on it, Jealous. 
So I'm a, I got to take your word on that. Um, all right, guys. Well, yo, um, tell us. I will ask. I'll get your information, man. And I, like I said, I can't thank the both of y'all enough. I will um, follow up back with you and I'll send the both of you guys this podcast information um, as soon as I can. I need to edit the volume a little bit because of the three-way that we're doing, um, but I'll get this back to you guys as soon as possible. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for having us. Enjoy it. Hey, I can't thank y'all enough. I really appreciate that. No problem. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Yes, sir. Okay, so if y'all didn't just hear that, I'm just going to nerd out a little bit. That was cool. You can't tell me that was not cool. Um, That was two for the price of one. Two awesome, awesome, awesome guys in the hunting industry um, that's really out here just making moves in the retriever industry, hunting industry, all of that stuff. And I wasn't even expecting it. So I need to thank the Lord. Thank God for everything that uh, just happened and has been happening um, and just moving forward, man. So, guys, I hope y'all's hunting season has been great so far. Uh, I haven't been back out since Kansas, but I'm planning on going back as soon as I get on Christmas break from school. And, uh... Plan on having more content and so on and so forth, more training. We need to start getting ready for hunt tests and all of that uh, pretty, pretty soon as well. But guys, I really hope y'all enjoyed that information. And I hope that Tillis's part came in uh, as clear as possible. So just, you know, keep rocking with me, man. Keep rocking with, with, with me. I'm going to keep giving, you know, 125% to you guys and getting you guys uh, as much cool content and just different conversations as possible um, and reinforce things of that nature. So uh, I just want to close out and say thank y'all that listened to this whole thing. I know it was pretty long. We touching, uh, you know, an, an hour and 15 now, but Thank y'all for rocking with me. Uh, thank you, Antonio. Thank you, Tillis. Thank you uh, to my wife, Ashley, for the great intro. And I actually think I really want to conclude with that. So, yeah. Uh, that's episode seven of the Gundog Notebook, guys. We here. Happy hunting. Bring in more mo game, guys. Get them ducks, get them deers, quail, whatever it is out there. 
go ahead and get it and keep them dogs in shape. All right. This is, like I said, episode seven. I'm going to get on up out of here.